Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of Murphy's League. Sorry for being gone for a while. We just had some schoolwork to take care of. It's obviously the offseason in the NFL, so I was just studying prospects upcoming in this year's draft, having a lot of fun doing that. I'm going to talk about that in today's episode. I'm going to talk about my first mock draft for the first round. Before I get into that, I'm just going to cover some specific position groups that I think are really deep and need to be talked about a little bit more. So I'm not going to get too deep into that because we still have a lot of time in this offseason. I still have time to talk about each individual prospect. But I'm going to talk about some position groups as a whole, um, some of the depth there. I'm going to spotlight a few of them because there's definitely some position groups, in my opinion, that are weaker than others in this class. So I'll address that before I get into my first mock draft. It's only going to be a one-round mock. I'm not going to take too much time on it, but I'll probably explain the first 10 picks you know, a little more in-depth than the next 10, and then the 10 after that a little less in-depth. But I hope you guys enjoy. I'm also going to talk a little bit about the NBA Kyrie and what's going on with the Mavericks and how they've been on a one in four start since Kyrie has been there. All of those losses have come in clutch time. So I'm going to talk a little bit about that. Give my thoughts. Also, Kevin Durant's going to be coming back soon. So that's worth mentioning. LeBron James has another injury, but I'm going to talk about the Lakers ceiling in the playoffs. And then I'm going to talk about maybe a few more teams besides that, but let's get into it guys. I hope you enjoy this episode and welcome back. Let's do it. Alright guys, so like I said, we're going to start today's episode by getting into a few position groups in this year's draft that I really want to highlight. The first of which is going to be cornerback. I think there's a lot of really, really good cornerbacks in this draft class. Obviously starting at the top, I think there's a pretty good separation. There's a pretty good tier of the top two guys, but it's still really deep beyond that. I think Devon Witherspoon and Christian Gonzalez are the two best corners in this year's draft. I like Devon Witherspoon just a little bit more. Um, I've seen a little bit more from him. I think he had a little bit more of a higher ceiling on tape this year. It was only one year of production, but it was really, really elite production. I mean, this guy's got everything. Um, some things I've noticed in his game so far, which I should have had the file open, but I'm going to it now, is, I mean, the dude is just such a high IQ player. He is so instinctive when he plays. He's just an all-around corner in coverage and in run game support, and I think a lot of that has to do with his very IQ, very high IQ play. He's always looking for the ball. He's got really good ball skills. He's an enforcer and a leader on his team. I think that's a lot of reason. A lot of the reasons why people are saying he could be a safety. I think he sees the field really well. He could use that IQ to really, you know, put teammates in position to succeed and he also closes out on the ball extremely aggressively and extremely fast kind of looks a little bit like Jimmy Ward in that sense and I think a lot of people are kind of only dismissing him as a nickel for a lot of those reasons I think because he is such a good tackler but I really think he can do anything I really truly think he can be a lockdown man-to-man corner at the next level he can also play zone because he's instinctive enough he really can just do anything you want I think some of the only knocks on him um, are just again one season of production he may need to add a little more weight he's only playing at about 180 this last year but I mean with his production, I really don't think that's the biggest deal, and I really think that these NFL weight rooms can bulk him up a little bit. I don't think that's going to be too big of a problem, and he plays a lot bigger than that weight, so again, that's not the biggest deal. Most of these things, with your, when you're dealing with the top-class prospects, it's really just nitpicking, and then he might get flagged at the next level. He needs to have a little more control and timing in the NFL with when he's closing out on receivers. Um, he might get called on PI a little bit more because he seems to close out a little bit early, but I love that mindset. I'd rather have to tune that back than have him not be aggressive enough and I mean his stats were just absolutely ridiculous this year out of 425 coverage snaps he only allowed 22 receptions on 63 targets that's less than a 35% completion rate that is bonkers he also didn't allow a single touchdown while having three interceptions and only allowed 206 yards so basically 10 yards a catch that is ridiculous numbers and I really really think he can be special at the next level Christian Gonzalez another guy just so fluid for his movement especially at his size I think he's 205 six feet tall um really does not play like that his hips are just so he's such a fluid athlete and that that's the stuff that really translates to the next level um we'll see how he tests I don't know if he's going to be the best straight line sprinter but he's got a little bit of sauce gardener where he's just so controlled um and again I think that has to do with his IQ as well he's just always in the right place at the right time very very versatile um because he can close out again one of these guys that I think can be a true lockdown man-to-man corner but can also play in his own scheme and 
totally hold hold his own. Um, again, some of the nitpicky stuff, his ball skills aren't great. Not that they're bad, they're just not great like some of these other guys. I think that needs to be improved a little bit at the next level. Um, and, I mean, he played some lackluster talent in the Pac-12, but again, that's pretty nitpicky. Um, <clears throat> and maybe would love to see him play with just a little bit more edge, a little bit more of a motor. Not to say that he can't, you know, hit or help out and run game because he is a really big guy but it just felt like he made a few too many business decisions last year at Oregon and then beyond that I mean Cam Smith I loved watching Cam Smith I think a little bit I think a little bit of the public media is sleeping on this guy a little bit I mean he played in the SEC really really good competition and this guy just plays so aggressive I love his play style he seems like a very high IQ player um and he just has such a great motor. You don't really hear that from a lot of corners, but he's just saw such a high intensity, so much hustle in his game. He's always attacking the ball. I love that about him. Anytime the ball's in the receiver's hands, he's not giving up at the play. He's fighting for every single inch, every single, um, you know, 50-50 ball. It's He's going to fight super hard. He plays really well downhill. I think he's a little bit better as a corner at the next level because I really think he can support in the run game. Um and I just think that in a, he's a little bit better in his zone scheme because of that as well. And I think his, I think he's not the best athlete. I think there's a lot of better athletes in this class. I don't know. We'll see how he tests in the combine. If he does go to the combine, I'm actually not sure if he's going to be there. Um, because that's going to be, you know, make a huge difference in his stock. I think he's going to be more of a 4-5 guy than a 4-4 guy in the 40. And I think that's going to hold him back just a little bit. But, I mean, he's so instinctual. He's so aggressive. And the nickel position, it used to be kind of a knock when you would say, oh, this guy's only going to be a nickel corner at the next level. But that position's just becoming so relevant, especially in run defense packages and the way that teams are playing to cover high safeties more and more. They're supporting, um, or sorry, they're relying on their front six, not their front seven to stop the run while having an extra DB in coverage. And I think Cam Smith could really bring a lot of versatility to a defense, especially in the right scheme. If he ends up on a team like the Ravens or like the Seahawks or something like that, I, I think it could be a really good fit for him. Um, but yeah, maybe not the most fluid athlete and will get burned with speed deep down the field. But again, really, really good numbers in the SEC. Um, really impressive season this last year, especially in 2021. Had a really, really good year then. Um, and then other than that, I mean, there's just so much depth at this position. You can talk about so many other guys. There's Ke Kylie, Kaylee, Kaylee, Keely, Keely Ringo, right? I think that's his first name. Keely Ringo. I mean, he was just phenomenal for Georgia. Got a little bit exposed in that national championship game but hey you're going against or not the national championship game the semi-finals for the national championship game but you're going against some of the best receivers in all of college football those guys are going to be really good receivers at the next level as well so i don't really fault him for that too much he's just his top end speed is so good he seems like a really really great athlete um played in a really diverse scheme in college football um and just huge he plays so big he's 6 210 he really looks like a linebacker out there and i really think again in the right scheme you can have this guy do a lot of really good things for you i um, mean there's other guys like eli ricks coming out of alabama who didn't play too much this last year but when he was he was extremely productive for them um there's guys like joey porter jr who is maybe not as aggressive as his dad was who was an nfl corner as well but he's just massive really really big wingspan um just plays with his hands really well keeps his length really well i think um he's a really really fluid athlete um he doesn't have the best top end speed or like recovery speed if you will but i mean his eyes are so quick to the football especially when it's in the air and he uses his length really really well um his 40 percent i think he had a yeah 40 percent incompletion rate in 2022 led all power five cornerbacks so just so much depth in this class and you can even go deeper than that i mean there's guys like emmanuel forbes out of mississippi state that i'm really high on there's guys like tyreek stevenson out of miami that i think can be really good in the right scheme there's garrett williams out of syracuse that i really like and again one of these longer guys really really quick with his feet um i think there's a lot of depth at that position. I also want to highlight the defensive ends and the D tackles, just defensive line as a whole. There is so much depth in this draft class and beyond depth. There's just a lot of versatility. There's a lot of guys that can do a lot of different things. There's guys that can line up anywhere from three technique out wide to five. They can line up in four eye and passing sets. You know, they can line up inside. Um, and you're going to see that a little bit. Once we get to my mock draft, I 
really took a lot of defensive linemen because I, I really think this is a really talented class that I think can do a lot of things. And I think that there's going to be different teams that are pri pri prioritizing, excuse me, um, different players and different skill sets. And I think that we're definitely going to see that. There's going to be some guys in the draft that naturally slip because of that. They're kind of staying away from one guy compared to another because of size or maybe a different role in a different scheme. Um, but I mean, I just think there's so many good athletes in this class. Talking about defensive end for a little bit, let me talk, let me go over there. I've got my draft guide here, so I'm just going to type it in here. Um, defensive ends. Tight ends. No, 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 no. I want, I'll just type edges. Um, fuck. Okay, wait, wait. One second, guys. I'm trying to fucking find the page. Um, da, 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 da. One second, guys. Sorry about that. Okay, here we go. We're on we're on the right page now. So I mean, obviously, starting at the top, we got Will Anderson. There's guys like Miles Murphy. We, I don't really have to spend too much time about that because we already know all those guys. But beyond that, there's guys like Tyree Wilson, who's getting a lot of comparisons to Trayvon Walker. There's a lot of things he can do. Very very toolsy guy, but also just massive. Six six. I think about two eighty. Again, one of these guys that can line up at three in. Um, passing schemes he can line up at four i and a little more play action unsure schemes and then all the way out at five and uh run support so i mean i think he's gonna do a lot of really good things if he ends up in the right system there's guys like lucas van ness who's getting comparisons to nick bosa um and i don't think he's nearly as complete player as nick bosa don't get me wrong but he's as strong as they come i mean his hands are bricks and his bull rush is absolutely ridiculous he can move the hell out of people um and i think he's gonna be really really um, versatile in terms of how he's used. I think in the right scheme, if you have guys, you know, coming off stunts around him, um, and again, I'll talk about that once I get to the mock draft because I have him going to a defense where I think, you know, you can just use his power, get speed rushers around him, and there's going to be a lot of mismatches and opportunities for two-on-ones in defensive schemes that I think are going to be really, really creative. Um, and then, I mean, beyond that, there's guys like BJ Ojolari who is quickly rising up my board the more i've been watching him i really like him there's guys like andre carter who is massive again this guy is six seven i think he's about 270 um you're really thinking about more of a defensive end in a three four scheme you watch his tape i mean he can do it all he's smooth he's got bend for his size it's really impressive i don't know if he's going to be coming out because i've heard there's um there's a legislation that got passed that they need to serve first if you go to army or navy and then you can come out but apparently He's in an appeal process. I'm not entirely sure about that. But again, Keon White, another one of these guys that just, he feels like he can do so much. Like, Keon White um, just can line up anywhere. Even guys like Brian Brisey, um feels like he can line up a lot of different spots. Kalijah Kansi, if he ends up in the right spot with a really good nose tackle, that can create doubles and he can get one-on-ones. He can definitely expose guards just with his hands and his pass rush moves. For someone of his size, if you don't know who Kalijah Kansi is, his size profile is very similar to Aaron Donald. Will he be Aaron Donald? No, I don't think anyone will be for a long time. But there's a reason why he went to Pitt. He's a very similar looking player, very undersized for the defensive tackle. But in one-on-ones, he just wins. He is so quick. His first step is ridiculous for his size. He's about six foot 290, and his burst is just unreal. He needs to refine a little bit more and learn how to, you know, get off blocks once he gets engaged. And in double teams, he has been a little bit shaky. But if he can get consistent one-on-ones in the NFL, he can be a really, really good pass rush presence in the middle. Um, kind of like a Javon Hargrave. I'm, again, I'm not going to compare him to Aaron Donald because no one's going to be Aaron Donald. But, I mean, there's a lot of stuff to like there. And then there's even uh, Felix, uh, I don't know how to say the first part of his last name, Felix Uzama coming out of Northwestern can do a lot of things for you. There's Tuli, tu again, this is another guy, I don't know how to say his fucking name, but Tuli Tua Pula Pulutu? I don't know. I honestly, I haven't heard it said out loud. I've only watched his film and, and I really like him coming out of USC again, just another versatile guy, six, four, two ninety. So I think he can play anywhere from three out wide to five and he can do it really well. Um, just for his size, he's so smooth and can move so well. You really wouldn't think how big, um, of a guy he is for his pass rush moves and how technical he can be. Um, and I think he can use that size a little bit more at the next level. But if he gets, again, just one of those guys, if he gets in the right system, he can be really, really productive at the next level. So those are two positions I really wanted to highlight. I mean, there's also more guys like Carl Brooks, who 
didn't play against the best competition. Um, he was playing for Bowling Green, I believe it was, which I don't even remember what conference that is off the top of my head. But, I mean, just showed out. Every single rep he won on tape. It was ridiculous. I know it wasn't the best competition, but he was absolutely dominant against that competition. Took his talents to the Senior Bowl and really showed out, made the most of it there. So it's someone I'm really looking out for. He graded out amazingly at PFF. I believe he was the highest graded defensive end, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and again, just 6'4", 300 pounds. There's a lot you can do with that. I think there's so much depth in this year's defensive end class that might make some guys drop a little bit, but Hey, I've got a lot of I've got a lot of cornerbacks and I've got a lot of edge defenders going in the first round because I think they're talented enough and I think those positions, especially in today's NFL, are coveted enough that those guys are gonna go high. Other than that, I want to highlight running back a little bit and I think this is gonna have the reverse effect. I think running backs are definitely gonna fall in this draft. I think there's only one running back that's gonna go in the first round. And I think that's Bijan and he might not even go in the first round, but I think that if there is, it's probably gonna be Bijan. Um, but there's a lot of really good running backs in this class and again that the fact that there's a lot of really good defensive linemen cornerbacks and running backs in this class it's gonna affect free agency a lot of these guys that we think are gonna get paid big at the cornerback or defensive end especially defensive tackle and defensive end there's a decent amount more so defensive tackle there's a there's some pretty good free agents out there but teams might just elect not to pay those guys keep it cheap and draft some of these other guys um i mean we'll see how it plays out in free agency but I think it's definitely going to affect people's pay because these classes are really, really fucking deep. Um, with all that being said, before I go forward, I, obviously I need to talk about some of the flashy positions. So I'm not going to get into it too much because I want to leave this for a different episode. Um, so I'm not even going to talk about the quarterbacks right now, but let's just covering the wide receivers a little bit. I'm really not too high on this wide receiver class. I really don't think there's too many if any at all, very complete receivers in this class. I think a lot of them are really lacking in one spot of another on tape and there's almost something you can pick out of every single person's tape um i think the most excuse me complete receiver and he would be going a lot higher i think if it wasn't for his size is probably zay flowers he can do a lot he can run every single route in the route tree he's got legit force four three speed he's got really good releases at the line really good feet really good hands um he doesn't even have to contested catch too much because he just separates that well um and very productive for an offense that wasn't that good in boston college um but again, his size is going to hold him back a little bit. I know he bulked up a little bit for the combine. We'll see how that if that affects his speed. I think testing is going to be really big for him. How you know how high does he jump? What's his broad jump? What's his three cone? What's his forty? Those are going to be the really important important metrics. And then of course you've got guys like Quentin Johnson, who really big body receiver, a lot of straight line speed, but really doesn't use that frame you want him to see. He's really not aggressive in posting up defenders. Not a great contested catcher for his size. It's kind of underwhelming. But again, if you get these guys in the right scheme, I think they can be really, really good. Jordan Addison, a very crafty route runner. Um, we really showed out in Pittsburgh last year. Wasn't as effective at USC. Had a lot of schemed up plays for him. Um, made the most out of it. I th again, I think he needs to gain a little more weight. He's a little undersized. Six foot 180, I think. Um, something around there he's kind of built similar to Devonte smith um, but he's not nearly as crafty as him so he needs to bulk up a little bit more in my opinion josh downs is someone who a lot of people have been talking about he's a really really good contested catch receiver but he's 510 and i don't know how much that's going to translate at the next level especially when you're 510 you're not separating that way and you have to contested catch i just think the cornerbacks are bigger and faster in the nfl i'm not sure how much that's going to work other than that um jackson smith ninjiba and again, another guy who's just extremely productive in college um, that one year he was there, but there was a crazy amount of talent around him. He really only played the slot, but a very heady receiver. And again, I think in the right system, if he ends up on like the Patriots or something like that, which I'm not saying that I have the Patriots. I don't think I have the Patriots taking him in this mock. Um, no, I don't. But I get, you get him in the right scheme. I think he can be extremely effective. He's not going to have the craziest straight line speed. He's not going to have the craziest after the catch potential, even though he did show some of that in college because um, he is a bigger guy. Um, but if you just give him openings, give him holes, he's going to find the gaps in defenses. He's a smart enough player. Other than that, I mean, there's just, again, it's like picking your, your flavor of guy. If Jalen Hyatt is there for the Chiefs, um, they might even consider taking him at the end of the first round because his speed is game changing. And again, the knock on him, because there's knocks on every single one of these guys, I will say it's not a very deep wide receiver class in terms of there's a lot of really good scheme guys, if that makes sense. There's a lot of guys that can be plugged into certain positions and offenses, and I think they can be extremely successful, but there's not a lot of true X alpha 
doesn't even matter where you fucking put them. They're going to be productive. Jamar Chase's, Justin Jefferson's, those types of guys. Devontae Adams. There's not... I don't think there's a single one of those guys in this draft. But is can there be a few thousand-yard receivers in the right system? Yes. I think there, that there is potential for that in this class. Um, and one of which, again, I think can be Jalen Hyatt if he ends up in the right system. Um, he didn't show a lot of versatility on tape in terms of... Uh, when he was playing at Tennessee, a lot of it was schemed up. Um, a lot of corners were just playing so far off of him and never wanted to press him because they were worried about getting burned, and he would burn him anyways because he just that has that kind of speed. Um, but again, a lot of that was using motion, scheming him up from the snap. Um, and it's just with when you have that much talent on the team around him, especially because I think Cedric Tillman took a lot of the pressure off of him, and that's another guy that I'm... I actually really like Cedric Tillman. I think Cedric Tillman's being slept on a lot throughout this process. He is one of the more complete x receivers in this class he's big he's fast he has really good hands he can do a lot decent route runner um but jalen hyatt i mean if you can get him in space you can get him moving before you know you can get his your hands on him i think he can be really really explosive at the next level and i would love to see him in a kansas city uniform um again maybe even at the end of the first round that's really all i want to highlight out of the position groups again i'll talk about that more on another episode i've already been ranting about it for 20 minutes so let's get into my mock draft because i do still kind of want to talk about the nba i don't know if i'm gonna have time for it but we will see um so i did a bunch of different mock drafts this week i'm talking like i did like i think i did like four or five different mock drafts so i've got a lot of different scenarios here um so i'm gonna break it down for you guys like what else I was thinking about, but I'm going to stick with one and then kind of compare it to my other ones. Um, if there's too much going on and you guys can't really follow along, don't really worry about that. I'm going to post it later on Instagram. I'm going to post picks one through 30. Yeah, 30, I guess that makes sense. So I guess the Chiefs pick won't be on there, but I'll just add it on later. Um, and let's just get right into it. Number one overall, I have the Indianapolis Colts trading up with the Chicago Bears and taking their quarterback of the future, Bryce Young. I'm not going to spend too much time on this. I'm not going to overthink it. Bryce Young, um, arguably, and it's not really that arguable. I think it's pretty consensus. The best quarterback in this year's draft class. Only knock on him is really his size. Everything else he showed off on tape. He can make every throw in the book. Um, I've got a whole bunch of notes on him that I that I could read, and I literally have an entire page dedicated to him. I'll just list off some of the, my biggest bullet points. He can make any throw. Really high IQ. Really good decision maker with the ball. He can throw guys open. Really good vision down the field. Um, I like mo most pocket pressures doesn't do too well with pressure up the middle and can see sit too deep in pockets. Um, he was the benefit of an amazing scheme and talent, but I mean, he made the most of it. He really showed everything he needed to on film, um, and totally validates the number one overall pick. And number two, I have CJ Stroud, a guy that I probably was sleeping on a little bit too much, wasn't on my radar as much, and he showed out against Georgia in that semifinals game, really boosted his draft stock. Texans getting their guy of the future at number two. At number three, I have Will Anderson going to the Arizona Cardinals. Um, I was considering Jalen Carter here, and uh, before I go any further, because now that I said his name, it totally just reminded me. I, I forgot to bring it up earlier. Jalen Carter just had an arrest warrant issued for him. He's still going to be in this mock. Um, I'm just going to assume that he's still going to get over it. I don't really... Until I hear more th shit about it, I'm just going to act like that didn't happen yet. And I'm fucking manifesting that that's not true because I want him to go to the Bears so goddamn bad. And I just... Ah, man, I'm, I'd be just so disappointed if that's, if that's real um, or confirmed or fucking he gets, you know whatever point is number three will anderson going to the arizona cardinals i considered taking jalen carter in this position but i just think will anderson's going to be a better fit for what they're doing i think the defensive interior on their team is not that bad as is and um i think just fitting what they want to do there and having an outside linebacker that can do what he does um and i mean he can totally play edge for you but he just plays with such a high motor he really does remind me a lot of a tj watt player out there i forgot who made that comparison um but fuck, I think it was, I want to say it was Brett Coleman of bootleg football. Um, but ever since he said that, I really can't unsee it. He just plays with such great burst. He times the snap really, really well. Um, again, another one of these Alabama players that's just so polished coming out and really looks like an NFL player already. He plays with really, really good bend. He's not the most powerful and he's not the biggest guy, but he's very IQ and he has really, really good vision and technique to just not even 
he doesn't even really have to shed blocks because he's just so good at making those guys miss and so good at being where he needs to be, especially when he's playing off the weak side. He sees polars very well um, when the tackle doesn't engage immediately and he knows he's going to kick out. He sees those pulling guards really well, slips them really well, despite not being the biggest guy. And I think he can do that on the next level because I think he's just elusive enough, quick enough, smart enough. Um, and I really like this fit there for the Arizona Cardinals. At number four, Jalen Carter. Already spoiled it a little bit, but... They need to bolster this defensive line. They need everything, honestly. And Jalen Carter might arguably be the best player in this defensive class. I think Matt Eberflus would love to snap, place him at three tech in this defensive front. I think he would be extremely valuable as a pass rusher, as a run stuffer. He can do everything. We all know how Jaylen, how good Jalen Carter is. We've been talking about it for months. And number five, this is where shit gets a little spicy because I think a lot of people are expecting... Sorry, take a sip of water. Tyree Wilson. I have Devon Witherspoon. I think number five, the Seattle Seahawks would love to add another corner on that back him. Him, Tariq Woolen, and Kobe Bryant playing the slot. I mean, damn. That is dangerous. They are young. I mean, you got two guys that could be legit lockdown corners. And Tariq Woolen is a little bit of a boomer bust guy. He started the season really, really well his rookie year. Kind of fell off towards the end. Kind of got exposed in that playoff game against the Seattle or against the San Francisco 49ers, excuse me. Um, but Devon Witherspoon just feels like such a legion of boom Pete Carroll guy feels like such a good fit um, I would absolutely love to see him in a Seahawks uniform I think he's just for this franchise for this coaching staff I think he would be an absolute perfect fit at number six I have Tyree Wilson going to the Detroit Lions so a lot of people have those two picks swapped um, I actually think that I know on paper the seattle seahawks kind of need edge but they're really not paying that much for that position right now and they got decent production out of nichena iwosu and um can't remember his name i don't remember the edge's name but they got pretty decent production out of the edge spot last year they also recently invested in um oh my god what is that guy's name out of tcu that ended up not being very good for them but they took 30th overall or something like that fuck the edge defender whatever it doesn't matter they've invested a decent amount of capital in that position already um so again i just think devon witherspoon would be a better fit where am i going with this tyree wilson to the lions right 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 i think the versatility there that you have with him and aiden hutchinson would be really really lethal especially with that defensive tackle they have playing so well um that i also can't why can't i remember nobody's names fuck it this one i'm looking up because this one's gonna piss me off ali mcneil right is that his name let me double check that Aline McNeil, yeah. Aline McNeil, really, really good nose tackle there. He can create a lot of one-on-ones for Tyree and Aiden Hutchinson, especially because Hutchinson really liked to rush um, in the interior a lot. I think they can create a lot of really good stunts for him. Um, or for, sorry, for Tyree, not Hutchinson. Tyree's a little bit more of a bendy um just a better athlete. I think he's a little bit better of a step than Hutchinson, but Hutchinson's just such a powerful behemoth of a human. And I know they just invested really big and they took Hutchinson second overall. But I think if you add Tyree Wilson to this mix with Ali McNeil, you would have one of the best young defensive lines in the entire league, um, especially with a pick later, which I'll talk about once we get to 18, which is another defensive lineman kind of spoiling that a little bit. Um, but I mean, it would be just so transformative for that defense. And I think they liked what they got out of their secondary, especially towards the end of the year. I think Jeff Okuda showed out in moments. He showed that he can, you know, still has some potential in this league. Maybe Foley shouldn't give up on him yet. Kirby Joseph played pretty well for him at the safety position. So I think they focus on defensive line here. I think they bolster that position. And I think they, you know, go forward with one of the best offensive lines in the league and one of the best defensive lines in the league. Up next, number seven, the Las Vegas Raiders are in a position where they don't really have a choice but to take quarterback because they're kind of fucked unless they get one of these free agents, which again is not going to be a big help. And even if they do get a Jimmy Garoppolo or somehow get a Lamar Jackson, which I don't think they're going to get a Lamar Jackson. So let's just say Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, I still think that they would be inclined to take quarterback in this year's draft. And that's why I have them taking Will Levis, a very unpolished prospect that has all the tools in the book. I think Josh McDaniels would love to get his hands on a guy like that. And I think that um, with, you know, Josh McDaniels mindset and where he is as a coach. And I think, I don't know him personally, but he seems like a really confident guy. I think he'd be confident enough that he'd be able to turn Will Levis into a franchise quarterback. And number eight, another team that's kind of put themselves in a box because they have Desmond Ritter on the roster. Marcus Mariota has been cut. 
Um, so they kind of need quarterback. And I think as a fit, Anthony Richardson with this run game and this overpowering offensive line, I think Peter Skaronsky would be another really good pick just to bolster an even more dominant unit and just have two of the better you know, run blocking guards. Cause I think Skronsky probably would play guard in this scheme and Chris Lindstrom and him there, that'd just be dynamite. But because they don't have quarterback and because of the fit, I have them taking Anthony Richardson out of Florida. I think it would just be so dynamic with this power running game. Are you fucking kidding? Adding him as an extra defender when you have, or as an extra runner, excuse me, um, to free up, you know, more across the field, especially when you have Kyle Pitts and Drake London, the basketball team on the perimeter. Those are two really good weapons, really good, tall, forgiving, you know, just really, really crazy big wingspan, large targets, just catch radius galore between those two guys. It's very forgiving for a young quarterback. Pretty good offensive line in front of him. And then you got Cordero Patterson coming out of the backfield with Brett Hundley and some of those other pieces there. Uh, Tyler Algier, or not Brett Hundley. Uh, I don't remember what that guy's name is. Tyler Algier, though, is another running back that looked really good in his rookie year. Um, I just think this offense could be super dynamite with that. They've had, they'd have to do some work on defense, but I think going forward, if you want to develop Anthony Richardson in a scheme like this, I think it'd be a really good fit. And I think there's comparisons to Lamar Jackson or Cam Newton there. I really do. I think that'd be an excellent fit for them. Up next... Excuse me. I have Lucas Van Ness going to the Carolina Panthers. Again, I kind of mentioned this a little bit earlier. Um, I kind of spoiled this pick. But I think Lucas Van Ness being paired up with Brian Burns would be absolutely disgusting. Having Van Ness give the power and Burns play the edge around that. I mean, that stunt-pull combo would just be fucking dumb and i think they would love to add a player like that um I, there's some other picks that i was definitely thinking about here but i think the quarterbacks are gone i really don't think in this scenario unless you trade up um to three or even to one to get bryce young or to three to get a guy like will levis most likely um i just think at this spot with those top four guys being gone i think there's a really steep drop off after that and i think van ness would be the best value pick um, I also had him considering guys like in different scenarios, I had Christian Gonzalez going to them. Um, there's other, you know, a bunch of different scenarios I had going on there. Um, but yeah, I eventually landed on Lucas Van Ness and I just think he'd be such a good fit in that defense. And number 10, this is where I have Christian Gonzalez going. Um, <clears throat> excuse me again, talked about him a lot. And the Eagles really need a quarterback. It seems like James Bradbury is going to walk in free agency. One of the biggest reasons why they were so successful on defense last year was that cornerback tandem. One of the best cornerback tandems in the league. I think that, excuse me, I think they want to keep that going. They want to keep their scheme versatile. Christian Gonzalez, a guy that can do a lot for him and be a lockdown corner on the edge. Really like that fit for the Philadelphia Eagles. It's ridiculous that the Eagles were just in the Super Bowl and now they're in the top 10 picking and they're getting a prospect like Christian Gonzalez. That is just, just so much credit to Harry Roseman up next number 11 Tennessee Titans another one of these teams that's kind of just drafting off need here they just released Taylor Lewan. they have got a major hole at tackle Paris Johnson easily the best fit plug and play um can fit a zone scheme really well which the Titans like to do a lot um yeah they run some power as well but I really think that um this scheme and this fit would work really well for him because they like play action a lot they like to establish the run and then work the pass off of that they need tackle really bad paris johnson arguably one of the best tackles in this class i think there are a lot of I sh that's a fucking position i should have talked a little bit more about before i started tackles are really underrated position in this draft too i think there's a lot of really really good prospects i really like broderick jones he's really defined didn't have a lot of flaws on tape same i feel the same way about paris johnson i feel the same way about his teammate um that six eight guy who's just a fucking freak um darnell wright coming out of tennessee has all the tools in the book massive human being peter scaronzi probably the highest floor out of all these guys really refined um might be moved to guard by some teams because they might be concerned about his arm length but just even if he's going to play guard he's going to be a fucking damn good guard antoine harrison a guy i really really like um so tackle an, a really good position in this year's draft but up next number 12 the houston texans are back on the board obviously they got cj stroud at their second pick a lot of people have them taking quinton johnson here but i'm really not a quinton johnson guy a lot of people just have him taking receiver in general but i think brian branch pairing up with D'Amico ryan's he would just get D'Amico Ryans would just get Jimmy Ward right back. And I think that would just be such an excellent fit. Brian Branch is one of my favorite players in this entire 
process. He was absolutely amazing to watch. Just missed no tackles. So instinctual. Great ball skills. Just so all around. Can play nickel. Can play down in the box. Probably could even play free because he's just that instinctual and that good of a not necessarily athlete but just right place right time really good ball skills he could probably do it and i just think that he would be an enforcer he'd be a leader you can play him down in the box you can play on a nickel and that's why he really reminds me of jimmy ward and i think D'Amico ryan's just would not be able to resist this pick if you're getting a jimmy ward at number 12 and maybe even better yeah i said it he's dude he, this guy is so good i'm telling you With, on D'Amico's ryan's team i would love that fit and i don't think D'Amico would be able to like Help himself. I just think he would need this guy so bad, and I don't think the receivers are I don't good know enough. What the fuck just happened there, but yeah, JSN, it's a team that needs a lot. I had him going to the Patriots. A ton. I don't know why my mic well, but my fits your guys. system really um, well. I think but, it's worth taking. And think about this. Yeah, guy. I ended up if you got Jalen landing on Broderick Jones. I just think he's too good. Derek and I think Bill Stingley Belichick would just love man a surefire line. And then you got obviously they invested in that nickel last year, but Broderick Jones, someone who just played at the highest level and really, really played well in the SEC. A huge reason why you know this team ended up another one of my absolute favorite prospects. I also had different scenarios where he fell down to the Steelers at seventeen because I think they need tackle really badly. So well, but might play him at guard. Ended up just. Skaronsky, the tackle out of the New England Patriots. He's a really Jets. solid blue chip player, and I think absolutely phenomenal to to in this run scheme. I think at number 15, I have Miles Murphy, really, really the edge well. defender. He can do Clemson, everything. Going to the I really think he can play Thompson tackle because he's so technical. Going he's very to the Green Bay Packers. He's also very um, athletic. You can I think they've invested enough in their receiver. I've seen enough out of guys like Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs to not invest in that position. At number 14, I was definitely this is one I bounce around. I think Jordan Addison or even Zay Flowers would be really, really good in this position. But by the way, I think they need. A little Patriots more edge help. Miles Murphy, someone who they love you know, their cornerbacks, but I was like, comes yeah, out very similar to Rashawn Gary in that, that style. Was they love players I've like that. Edge, and I think I adding Miles to this Murphy, front seven, I thought Brian in a defense that let's be honest was pretty underwhelming last year, can be really beneficial. Up next, a number sixteen. I think Jackson Smith and just keeping us as a slot in this offense would be just another Julian type. I think he could. They obviously franchise tagged. And that's definitely uh, something I've mocked. Cause I, that doesn't I'm mean he's going like to be there this next mocks. year. Um, Probably like half the time. Would be, but even with that franchise tag, he's more than likely going to walk next year. So having a replacement like this and having Brian Brissy, a guy who was a five-star recruit coming out of high school, one of the best prospects in a long, long time, um, to learn behind guys like Jonathan Allen and Deron Payne, I think could be really beneficial for him. And I think from washington's point of view they're just keeping a strength of strength and making sure that there's really no um disparity i guess once deron Payne leaves and really just trying to minimize the damage once he does end up walking at number 17 i mentioned this a little bit earlier but the pittsburgh steelers are in the spot i had them taking broderick jones in a lot of different spots i think in all three of my other mocks i actually had that that i'm looking at right now because i am looking at four of my mock drafts at the same time um but i ended up having them take joey porter jr they need another corner on the edge um, there's been a little lackluster from that spot. And I think just what Mike Tom with what Mike Tomlin loves to do and having length at corner, I think Joey Porter Jr. would be a really good fit there. Um, up next, and this is the pick that I alluded to a little bit earlier. Obviously, the Detroit Lions took, in this scenario, they took Tyree Wilson at six. I'm going back to the defensive line, really transforming it in one offseason and have him taking Kalijah Kansi, the interior defensive lineman out of Pittsburgh the one I compared to Aaron Donald earlier in this show I mean Kalijah Kansi Aleem McNeil at nose tackle if you got Aleem playing well at nose tackle Kalijah Kansi is going to get a ton of one-on-ones and then you have Aiden Hutchinson and then you add Tyree Wilson there's not a lot of guys you can double there and you're going to have to double one of them if you're going to double Kalijah and make sure his pass for sets are set off, you've got one-on-ones across the board. That is, a, like, from an offensive point of view, that just sounds so scary. And more than likely, you're going to be doubling Aleem, which means you're not going to be able to double Kalijah, and he's going to eat up any guard. I guarantee you, he's too quick. His hands are too good. His pass moves are too good. And then you also have Hutch and Tyree coming off the edges. Like, that is just... That pass rush would be so terrifying. Pockets would collapse so quickly. And before you know it, basically in one offseason, you have one of the best defensive lines in the league and you have one of the best offensive lines in the league. So I just would love this. And I think, I mean, I would hate it because I'm a Bears fan. But like for Lions fans and from their perspective, 
this would be fucking insane. I think it would be the best move for him by a mile, and I would love to see them do something like this. Up next, this is another pick that I've really gone back and forth a lot. I think like every other scenario um, where I had Broderick Jones also going to Pittsburgh, I had Joey Porter Jr. going to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but he was not available in this scenario, so I kind of went back and forth a lot. I thought about you know giving him Deontay Banks or Emmanuel Forbes or one of these other corners, or even Cam Smith, a guy like that. Um, but ultimately, I had him taking Michael Meyer. I don't know if they're going to do this. I don't know if he's enough of a blue chip player. Um, but, I, I mean, not even if he's enough of a blue chip player. Because I think he's going to be a good tight end at the next level. That's not really what I'm trying to say. I just don't know if they're going to take tight end at 19. But he's a really good all-around offense. Or, excuse me, not offensive tackle. Whoa. Um, offensive weapon. He's also a really good player in the run game. I think that's why I was thinking offensive tackle. But he's a really, really surefire blocker. And again, just a blue chip player that I think is going to be really good at the next level. And uh, they don't have... There's, they have some needs, right? I think they need some offensive line help. I think they need some cornerback help. But I think they can get that stuff later in the draft um, because, again, it's a really deep draft for corners, really deep draft for guards and offensive linemen. And I think they can address some of those problems later in the draft. I think Michael Myers is too good here. Um, but, again, if a guy like Joey Porter is available there, I would totally consider that. Um, maybe even another corner like Emmanuel Forbes or one of those guys. Um, but, yeah, I was kind of stuck with that one, not going to lie. Up next... Let's go to the Seattle Seahawks. I have the Seattle Seahawks doing a bunch of different things in a bunch of different scenarios here. Like I'm looking at all four of my mock drafts and I literally have them taking four different, this is one of the only teams where I have them taking four different players. Um, keep in mind, I've done like so many of these, but this is just a sample size of four of them. And one of them, I have them taking Nolan Smith and another one I have them taking Jordan Addison. Um, and another one I have them taking Miles Murphy where he fell there. Ultimately, I think the best fit for, for scheme is Jackson Smith and Najuba. JSN uh, again can't say that fucking guy's name but he just with what DK can do on the perimeter and then what Lockett can do in the Z and just be that motion guy I think Jackson I'm just gonna call him JSN I think JSN can slide into this offense really really seamlessly I think there's definitely a role for him in this offense and I think that being you know a defense stopping this aerial attack of DK Metcalf Tyler Lockett and JSN that sounds really fucking difficult and that would give a ton of defensive coordinators, you know, a long nights or a long, what am I trying to say? A long restless night. There we go. Up next I have, and this is, I think is my favorite pick in the entire mock because as a secondary chargers fan, I think this would be so dynamite. I have Zay flowers going to the Los Angeles chargers. Um, just adding more dynamism to this offense. He does have legit four, three, take the top off the defense speed. Um, and I think that with, Justin Herbert, again, like one of the, another one of these guys that can just separate. And Keenan Allen and Mike Williams have had some injury history in the past. Keenan Allen getting up there in age as well. I think this would just be such a good complimentary player for this team. And I would love to see him in this offense. I think he could be so explosive. Up next to number 22. This is another team that I've jumped around with a ton of different picks because they're pretty unpredictable on draft night. I think for the most part, they make really good drafts they do really good things i think they could do a little more offensively but i'm talking about the baltimore ravens at number 22 in some drafts i'm looking here i had them taking jsn and other ones i had them taking miles murphy and other ones i had them taking nolan smith ultimately i ended up in this one taking jordan addison um i think Bijan robinson is a really really fun thought in this offense but ultimately i don't think they're going to end up going in that direction i think they've seen enough from the guys there and i don't think they want to add to a more you know just a already pretty crowded running back room adding a guy like that especially when a guy like jk dobbins has already shown that he's maybe not the most level-headed guy and again i don't know i'm not in that locker room but just based off some of the comments he said in the past i think jordan addison would just add more to this offense especially with the way the nfl is going they need a true separator and with mark since marquise brown has been gone and a lot of those guys have been injured obviously uh, Rashad Bateman started last year pretty well, but he was injured for the rest of the year. I think they need to add more depth to that position, and I think Jordan Addison would be a very good pick here. At number 23, this is another one I've definitely gone back and forth a lot. You know what? I'm going to call an audible on the play because I don't have him going later, so fuck it. At number 23, I had him originally taking Mozzie Smith, the defensive interior lineman out of Michigan. Um, but honestly, I don't think they'd do that the more I think about it. I think I'd rather have them take Emmanuel Forbes or Cam Smith here. You can kind of pick or choose um, whichever one you want. 
there. I just think they need to add a little more cornerbacks. Patrick Peterson's a free agent. I know they've invested a ton of draft picks in their secondary in recent times, but it really is a big concern for them. They need linebacker really badly, but they're not going to take linebacker this early on, especially in this class that's just not very good at the position. If anything, I think they could definitely trade out of this position, um, and I would not be surprised if they end up doing that there. So I'm not going to spend too much time on that pick. At number 24, I have the Jacksonville Jaguars going Dalton Kincaid. Easily the best receiving tight end in this year's class. Um, maybe not easily, because I think Luke Musgrave, when he's at his healthiest, can be really damn good too. Sorry, I took a sip of water. But I just think adding another weapon, especially if Evan Ingram's going to walk, because he is a free agent, and I honestly don't really expect him to extend him. Um, we'll see. Maybe they'll give him the franchise tag. But even if they do, I think Dalton Kincaid is definitely worth adding to this offense. I think Doug Peterson would love to have him. Give another weapon to Trevor Lawrence in the passing game and keep things rolling, you know? Up next, number 25, Quentin Johnson falling to the New York Giants. Again, New York really, really needs receivers. Um, we saw that last year. It really exposed them late in the playoffs. They need more playmakers. And Quentin Johnson is someone who, again, I think needs a lot of refinement. I love his tools. He's really, really fast. He's really, really big. He's got a lot of the intangibles that you can't really coach up, but he needs to be polished a lot. Not a great route runner. Doesn't really play physical. Um, doesn't really play up to his size. But if you can fix a lot of those things, you can truly have an alpha X receiver. And I think it's a great fit for what the New York Giants need. Up next, 26. This is a really, really fun pick. And I don't know if this is going to happen, but I just want to see it happen. And I like the idea of it happening. I've basically done it in every single mock draft. I think the Dallas Cowboys should cut Ezekiel Elliott. And I think they should draft Bijan Robinson. Because even with Tony Pollard there, Tony Pollard's injured right now. He might miss the beginning of this game. And having Bijan and Tony on the same team when you're not paying Tony yet, not a fucking bad thing. And then you don't have to pay Tony. You can franchise tag Tony or you can let him walk, right? Because I think he is a free agent. You say, you know what, Zeke? Bye. Tony, sorry, we love you. You got hurt. You're not going to get paid as much, so you can either stay with us, not get paid as much, or go to another team. Maybe get paid a little more, but sit out, you know, for however many games. And we'll just take Bijan Robinson anyways, because this is a team, realistically, they don't need too much. They could use another receiver on the perimeter, um, but I think a lot of those top-tier guys are gone at this point. And even those top-tier guys are really not that impressive. If I'm being honest, um, I mean, maybe they take a guy like Jalen Hyatt if they want a little more dynamism. I could see something like that. But adding Bijan to an offense like this and cutting Zeke would just be really, really fucking hard to stop, especially with that Dallas Cowboys offensive line blocking for him. And he can do so much. I mean, he can catch the ball. He can break every single tackle that comes at him. Just one of the best prospects in this entire draft, pro draft process. And I think Jerry Jones just can't pass up on a player like that, especially if they're going to cut Zeke, which uh, maybe they might not because there's going to be a lot of dead cap with that, but maybe they will. Maybe they just won't even care. Up next, number 28, the Cincinnati Bengals. This is a guy I highlighted earlier, Antoine Harrison, Anto Anton, I think it's just Anton. Now that I think about it, Anton Harrison. Um, yeah, I mean, they need tackle, right? They like they haven't had too much production. I know they still kind of waiting on Jonah Williams to show up, but Leal Collins was really underwhelming last year. Um, and I think they can kick in Jonah to guard if they really want to and then put Anton out there. He was really, really productive in college. Um, and I think it'd be just a really good fit for their team. Uh, I did have a few different scenarios in this one, but again, I really like, and I just ended up going with Anton and basically most of my, um, there was a world where they got Don Kincaid just to add another explosive element to this offense. I totally realized I skipped the Bills pick. Oopsies. The Bills at number 27. Let's go backwards. Osiris Torrance. They need guard really, really bad. I think they need center and guard. Um, but, Ant I mean, sorry. Osiris Ter Torrance. Torrance. Terrence? Terrence. Osiris Terrence. <laughs> um, again, just another blue chip player. Going to be really, really efficient at the next level. Didn't allow a single sack in his collegiate career. What made the All-American team. Played in the SEC. That's really... There's not a whole lot you need to know. He can run block. He can fucking pass block. He's a really, really good blue chip player. The only reason why I have him going this late is because he's a guard, and I don't think the defensive value will be there. Um, w could he go earlier? Most definitely. I could definitely see him. I could even go and see him going to the Bucks at 19. Seriously. I could even see him like... There's going to be teams that love this guy. Washington can take him at 16, for example. Um, but you have him slip in here a little bit, and the Bills end up with a really, really damn good player for a need in their offense. Up next, I guess I'm going to skip the um, 
Bengals pick because we just talked about that one. So let's go to 29. New Orleans Saints getting back into the first round. I have them taking Deontay Banks. This is a t- this is a pick that again I had a lot of honestly these last three picks I had a lot of different things going on between these mock drafts I had scenarios where I had him taking Will McDonald the edge rusher out of Iowa who's a freak of nature I had other scenarios where they were taking uh, that one it's Will McDonald as well what did that have him taking this one oh okay so most scenarios I have him taking Will McDonald this one I had him taking Deontay Banks um so again you can kind of swip like switcher swap however you want to say those guys um but I mean the Saints Marshawn Lattimore is obviously still there, and Paulson Adebo, who didn't have the best year last year. He's more of a nickel anyways. I think just adding another corner to this defense could be really, really valuable. Um, the more I think about it, I do get why I put Will McDonald, because you know they haven't gotten what they really would have wanted out of Marcus Davenport. He has been productive at times, but he just has not been able to stay on the field. Health has really been an issue for him. And Jordan, Cameron Jordan... There's his name. Cameron Jordan's definitely getting up there in age, so I could definitely see them, you know, looking to replace guys like that. So honestly, I'm going to call an audible in the play, not have him take Deontay Banks, and I'm going to have him take Will McDonald. So let's just move that pick one more down. And at number 30, let's go Will McDonald. <laughs> or not Will McDonald. Let's go BJ Ojolari. Sorry about that. To the Philadelphia Eagles. Because um, originally I had him taking Will McDonald, is what I'm trying to say. Um, but BJ Ojolari, just another really solid edge defender. Uh, I think can do a lot of things. Plays really, really, plays a lot bigger than his size. Can be a definitely plus run supporter, really good pass rusher, and played at a really elite level. This is a team that I think, again, they want to keep strengths, strengths. Um, I think, is Hassan Redick a free agent? I think he's there one more year. Um, he's not really a true edge, though. He's just playing really, really wide and playing off other guys' powers and stunts. They've got a really interesting scheme there where i think he's technically listed as a strong side linebacker so he's just playing like seven and nine technique and just using his speed to get to the edge um but i think they just keep a strength to strength again brandon graham who don't get me wrong really really good this last year getting really up there in age um you should be kind of concerned as to how long he can keep doing this so just keeping that up there and going with bj ojalari um, at number 31, again, this is a pick that I have going a ton of different ways. I've got scenarios where they end up with Anton Harrison. I've got scenarios where they end up with Dalton Kincaid, which I would love. I think Luke Musgrave would be absolutely phenomenal. This is the Kansas City Chiefs, by the way. Um, I've got another scenario where they end up with Zay Flowers, which I think would be an absolute miracle for them, and they would take in a second. I think Jalen Hyatt could be a really good pick here. I mean, the thing is about the Chiefs, they just, they're so good and they're so complete i think they can get away with just taking a lot they don't really need a you know draft based off need they can basically take the best player available so this pick isn't that relevant in this draft all things considered um and there's definitely a lot of different things they can do in this given scenario i had him taking jalen hyatt because again i talked about it earlier i just think the dynamism and you get him in motion and in the scheme and you can scheme him open and you can scheme him with one-on-ones. He's going to blow by everybody with with Patrick Mahomes' arms. I'm not saying he's going to be Tyreek Hill again, but he can do things that you've kind of been missing since Tyreek left. And, man, he can be a phenomenal player in that scheme. So in this scenario, I have him taking Jalen Hyatt. That's going to do it for the end of this mock draft. I've been talking for a really, really long time. So, honestly, I don't think I'm going to get into NBA talks that much. Um you know what, fuck it, let's just talk about it a little. I can I can, I can, can spit off the top of my head a little. So, like I mentioned earlier, the Dallas Mavericks have gone 1-4 in, in their last five games. All four losses have come in clutch time. Um, you know, that's not great when you've got a player like Kyrie and a player like Luka Doncic, two of the players that are considered, you know, the better players in the league in clutch time. Um, but I think a lot of that's just growing pains. I think they still need to get used to each other. The problem is... I don't know if Kyrie's going to have time for that. I don't know if the Mavericks have time for that. Their front office just gave up a ton of really valuable assets in terms of draft picks and in terms of really solid role players, in my opinion. You know, Spencer Dimwitty, a guy that you know can create his own offense. He's not the best playmaker, but he can he can still show up in big moments. Um, he's aggressive in the paint, and he can make big shots. Dorian Finney-Smith, another one of these guys that's, again, not an elite player by any means, but just has a really solid and valuable role in the league nowadays. Having 3 and D players like that is really important. Um, 
And Dorian Finney-Smith was definitely one of those guys. And then obviously trading draft capital for a guy that's going to be a free agent is definitely not guaranteed to sign. I think the Mavericks would totally bring him back if he wants to come back because they didn't give up all that stuff for nothing, you know what I mean? Um, but if they don't bring it together and they don't win, especially in the playoffs, I don't know if he's going to want to come back. And that's just a lot of capital to give up for basically a rental that didn't end up working out. I think best case scenario the Mavs end up losing in like the Western Conference Finals and then Kyrie wants to come back obviously best case scenario is they win a championship but I don't think they're going to win a championship in the West it's just too good um there's too many teams I would have slightly above them but so I think being more realistic I think a conference championship game at minimum maybe like a seven game second round exit would entice Kyrie to come back but he's just such an unpredictable guy. He wanted to go to the Lakers in the first place, and next year they might be able to afford him. So we'll see. We really will see. And um, it's just definitely something to monitor and keep track of because I think winning is just really what's going to be motivating for Kyrie. And if they're not winning the regular season, they better get their shit together for the playoffs because they just traded a good amount for an asset like that who can easily walk this season. Up next... We can talk about LeBron. He's dealing with an ankle injury right now, which is really is too bad because the Lakers were playing a lot better since the trade deadline. I was a little bit critical of it. I mean, I said they got better, but I wasn't necessarily like out points or, or well, what's the, I wasn't necessarily like, you know, shouting from the rooftops that this is going to be a legit contender. I was going to say that they're still more realistically a playoff play in team, excuse me. Um, but they surprised me. They were looking really, really good. They had some really, really big wins against some good competition there. Um, you know, their their additions in Vanderbilt and um, Beasley were playing really, really good basketball. They got contributions from a ton of different guys on different nights. Their chemistry just seemed to be a lot better now that Russell Wilson – or Russell Wilson – Russell Westbrook wasn't in the building. Um, so it just sucks to see LeBron get injured in this way because there was something really good going on there. And I really hope he can get on the court back soon because I still think this can be a really fun team to watch. A team that, you know, could potentially be in a spot to win a playoff series. But if LeBron's not there and they're not going to get a higher seeding, it's going to be rough because, you know, the West is ridiculously good as is. And the top of the West is just cream of the crop of in the NBA. So it, it is a bummer to see him go down like that. And, you know, when a team's team success is just fun to watch you don't want to see a team suffering from success because suffering from success suffering um you know when they were succeeding when a player gets injured is i guess what i'm trying to say um so we'll see how it plays out hopefully he gets back healthy soon either way i still think they can make the play-in game without him because the west is just so tight and they're really not that many games behind even like the sixth seed at this point but they're going to need AD to step up big in LeBron's presence, which I think he can do. But he doesn't look quite the same as he used to. And again, he is a guy that has been very inconsistent in terms of injuries. When he's on the court, he's really dominant, but he needs to stay on the court. And it's definitely going to be something fun to watch. Up next, we've got KD coming back. I think he's coming back, I believe, tomorrow, if I'm not mistaken. I'm recording this on a Wednesday. So depending on when you listen to this, he might already be back by now. But I cannot fucking wait to watch the Phoenix Suns. Um, this is a team that really was surprising me and how well they were playing this year, despite, you know, having some adversity with, you know, Chris Paul not playing as well as he was, the DeAndre Ayton situation in the offseason. I thought a lot of that was going to, like, you know, play a bigger role in the season. But Monty Williams has been doing an amazing go job coaching uh, Devin Booker, obviously, playing out of his mind. And um, now they're adding a guy like KD. This offense is going to be extremely explosive. It's going to be really hard to keep up with them. And I'm really, really excited to watch it. As far as MVP conversations go right now, I think the favorite, if I'm not mistaken, is Giannis, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but I really think Jokic deserves it. I mean, I was listening to JJ Redick talk about it because, you know, he's a very knowledgeable guy and he was a pro in the league. And I think he just describes it really well. The game is just so easy for him. He doesn't force anything. He's just so smart. The way... He just draws defenders towards him. His passing's ridiculous. His vision's ridiculous. He can see over everyone. I think he's obviously he's not known for his defense at all, but just his size and what he can do in that department. He's never going to be a Giannis because he doesn't have the athletic ability, but he's just smart enough and knows where to be enough of the time that he's just 
he makes everyone around him so good. If you look at the stats, there are so many players on this Denver team that are having a career year this year, and a lot of that is because there's open opportunities, because Giannis, I mean, sorry, because Jokic finds the open guy, or because the defense is drawn to him and you got to respect him, and then it leaves a wide open KCP or Michael Porter Jr. or whoever it might be. Um, and I just think Jokic is so fucking fun to watch. He's been so fun to watch. Um, another... You know, some guys to also monitor. Joel Embiid just continuing to have an absolutely amazing, amazing season, especially at home. He seems to show up really, really big. Um, I want to talk a little bit about that that Clippers-Kings game, highest scoring game in NBA history, I believe it was. If you count combined score, I don't think individual team-wise it was the highest scoring for either team, but I think if you combine the scores, it was. Um, just an unreal game. No one could miss, and the Clippers really did. I mean... Don't get me wrong, I don't want to discredit the Kings because they did some really, really good things at the end of the game there, but the Clippers really just seemed to just really blow it at the end of the game, if I'm being honest. Mason Plumlee had like three turnovers right in a row in the second overtime, but frankly, it shouldn't have even gotten to that point. Paul George got stripped really bad by De'Aaron Fox, took it down and got a layup. Um, there was just a few too many of those plays where it was just like, what are we doing? Why are we not having the ball in Kawhi's hands right now? That play they drew up at the end of the second overtime where Eric Gordon just got the ball past him and it just stood there in the elbow. Like, what are you, what are you doing, man? Like, I just don't know what was drawn up, what the game plan was there, but it felt really weird with five seconds left. You have the ball in Eric Gordon's hands and not Kawhi Leonard. A Paul George wasn't able to play at that point because he was on a minutes restriction. But it's, and Russell Wilson, or Russell, I keep calling him Wilson. Russell Westbrook already fouled out at that point. But I mean, fuck, there's, it just feels like you could have done something better than what they schemed up on that play um but anyways i'm think that's going to be all for me this episode i really don't have too much to get into the nba because again not really my forte but i hope you guys enjoyed this mock material if you did you know be sure to share this with your friends uh follow my account here al murphy's league follow my instagram account over on murphy's league and i'll keep you guys posted during this off season i'm probably going to talk more and more about the draft as it gets closer and closer because there's so many prospects i've had a lot of really fun watching and i'll probably make an updated mock draft especially depending on the jalen carter situation and what's going on there so be sure to you know follow my instagram follow me here i'll keep you guys posted thanks for watching and listening and i hope you have a good one peace out